Hey everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Made Motherly podcast, where you can find support and encouragement in all early stages of motherhood from the first to the fourth trimester and beyond into those early motherhood years with toddlers from a faith-based perspective. My name is Brooklyn and I am your Made Motherly podcast host. Thank you guys so much for being here for episode three of the Made Motherly podcast. I am so excited to be hanging out with a special guest for this episode. We have Christian with us this evening, and we are just going to talk about pregnancy and parenthood from the father's perspective. And I'm really excited because I think that men and women really process this whole part of life in a completely different way. So if you are thinking about, you know, adding a little one to your family or you're currently pregnant, um, maybe this will be some good information that you can share with your husband if, you know, if he is processing something in a different way than you are or something that you guys could listen to together. So, Christian, how are you this evening? I'm doing all right. I'm excited to be on the podcast. I feel uh, uh, deeply honored, Brooklyn, to be here with you. Awesome. (laughs) So, (laughs) I'm like, we sound like kind of professional, but no, we just want to have a conversation and bring you guys along and let you guys in on it. So, the first thing I want to ask you is, how did you know in your heart that you were ready to consider adding a a new little life to our family? Ooh. Um for me early on it was like a it was like a hard no just because no matter how hard I tried, my heart couldn't be open to it. Even though I knew one day I would be a dad and one day I would be a father, I I just knew in my heart I wasn't ready to, to open up that aspect of my heart to what that could really become. But then there came a day where I just, my heart turned. I can't describe it. I can't explain it. But my heart just turned and I began to desire to be a dad. And I would catch myself thinking about it. I would catch myself praying about it. And I knew that it had become real to me in my heart when I was open to conversating about it with you. Because I remember early on, and I think you said this in your last podcast, about you you know, were desiring to have children long before I was. And so anytime you'd want to talk about it, it made me like real uncomfortable. <laughs> and um, But then there was a moment where it just all kind of shifted. And I just began to kind of lean into what what was happening in my heart and really the desire and the steps moving forward to conversate with you about it just kind of came naturally. It kind of just shifted in my heart and um, I feel like when the Lord knew it was time. So it was awesome. Right. That's so good because I feel like I can remember since I can remember, I've just always wanted to be a mom, but always wanting to be a mom and then the reality of actually what does that mean for us what does that mean for our family Um, what does that mean for our relationship all the things it it's a completely different context than just desiring in the future to be a parent so and I think 
I think personally, I think just one thing that I grew up, obviously I grew up in a very close and tight knit family dynamic. And so I was always raised with a concept of if you are a man, when you are the man, you are the, the sole provider of the home, you are the leader of the home. And I just knew the weight that came not only obviously with being a husband, but being a father. And to me, that was really intimidating. Um, but yeah, so I think that's why I was kind of super apprehensive at first, but yeah, it's just, it kind of happened naturally. Yeah. Cause let's be real. These kids, they're not cheap. <laughs> uh, oh no, no, not, not, <laughs> no, not even close. They, they literally change. I tell everybody they change every aspect of your life in every single way, especially your finances. And they change it for the better too. Yeah, so they make you grow up and they make you, you know, become things and that you never thought you could be. So, so my next question for you is, um, obviously I think I shared in the very first episode of this podcast that we had decided to add to our family and it took just over a year before, um, I actually got pregnant and what was that process like for you and what was it like for you when you finally found out that we were expecting? Well, I think for me, it was a lot easier on me than it was you. Um, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly spiritual, uh, sometimes. (laughs) Uh, and so for me, you know, I had the mentality of like, man, the Bible says that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, um, you know, in Jeremiah one. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to do my part and times and seasons are in the hand of the Lord. David said, Lord, my times are in your hand. And when the time was right and when the time is right, God will bring forth the desire of our heart, right? For a child and for a family, God will bring it forth in his time. And, you know, I can't say that it was always like that. Um, I say after we had probably tried for near a year, you know, obviously thoughts will creep in and, and things will, you know, start to whisper and, you know, things like that. But I always tried to put on like a front for you and act like, no, it's all good. It's all good. When even in the back of my mind, after about nine or 10 months worth of trying, I can't lie. Like when I was by myself, those thoughts would creep in and I wonder, man, is everything okay? Like, are we going to be able to conceive, you know? And so, but I always tried to keep that like steadfastness and like nonchalant and like that, you know, Mr. Cool perspective for you to just keep you at peace. Cause I know that you were worried about that. And then when I came home one day, I think I had been golfing. I think, uh, I had been at LPGA golfing or something like that. And you just showed me a, uh, pregnancy test. Oh no. I remember exactly how you had someone over and I think, I feel like you guys were watching something on TV and I am in the bedroom preparing like this whole like little setup and gift to show you. And this person, typically people don't stay like really late at our house, but like for some reason this night, this person just stayed. It was Bobby Sparling. <laughs> if you know. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I remember it now. And he just wouldn't leave. We love you, Bobby and Amy. Love you, Bobby. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I usually, I don't care if people are over and I don't care if they're staying late, but obviously I'm like, I want to share this with Christians so bad. And this person just wouldn't leave. And then finally he's getting ready to leave. And I'm thinking to myself, cause I'm in the bedroom 
just twiddling my thumbs. I'm like, okay, he's about to leave. They're at the front door. And then Christian decides he's going to pray for him. And I'm like, Christian, just make it quick. Lord, <laughs> let's go. Because I was just so overwhelmed with excitement. And I didn't want to show it in front of Bobby. <laughs> you know, I wanted to have this moment with Christian. But it's so funny to think about now and look back on um, how it all happened. But how did you feel? So actually, I had this gift to, to give to Christian. And... um it was something that he had bought. Um, we're real big on a, you know, on Christmas, real big on a Christmas tree. And uh, Christian had actually a few months prior bought a little ornament for a boy and a little ornament for a girl just in faith that, that you know, one day we would be able to hang these ornaments on our tree for them. And so th- that's what I put in the gift um, and wrote him a little letter. But what did you think when you opened that gift? Um, it was overwhelming, like just a rush of excitement and awestruck wonder of I'm going to be a dad. Like that reality, when that, when that reality hit my life, I literally, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. Um, I think I fell down actually. You fell into the closet door and broke it, but it didn't even matter in that minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so overwhelming. And, um, I mean, it it was the greatest day of my life. It was the greatest. I think the very next day, I think I went to Tanger outlets and like went to polo or something to buy like a little blue polo to make our announcement. And we had only known for like less than 24 hours, but it was literally (laughs) the, it was the greatest moment of my life. Um, and it just, you you really really realize you know what matters most you know when man i'm going to be a dad i'm going to be a parent like my value system immediately became recalibrated like in an instant in my heart and yeah it was the greatest it was the greatest moment of my life one of them for sure yeah it was it was it was very special so Moving on to the next question I have for you, which is, so you find out that we're expecting and now we have this 40 weeks of pregnancy. And for those of you who don't know, I was very, very sick in my pregnancy with Lincoln. And it was just, it was, it took a lot out of me physically. Um, I, I would... I let's see I think it was it was close to that 30 weeks that I was very mm-hmm. very sick mm-hmm. um but how how was you know I feel like the mother has this connection with the with the baby mm-hmm. for these 40 weeks but how was how was that 40 weeks for you and how did you process and not only process for yourself but also watching you know watching your spouse you know mm-hmm carry this new life that you're about to add to your family, but mm-hmm. also kind of in a tragic way, you know, yeah. themselves. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I know I haven't really shared, really haven't talked about this at all, really, maybe a few people here and there, but it was the most amazing, like first couple months ever. But as we got closer and as the reality of like imminent, like 
life, like life change and life's transition came, I was struck with like the biggest probably battle I think I've ever faced in the last seven years of even being here at Calvary. Like I dealt with so much fear, anxiety. Like for those of you who don't know this, I actually had to go through 12 weeks of counseling. Um, and I'm not saying this to like scare anybody. I'm just being honest. Um, because one thing about myself is I like to kind of be in control of what happens in my life and kind of have my hand on the pulse of everything that's happening around my life. And what I quickly discovered is that the rhythm of life that I was living in, that we were living in before our child got here was not going to work. And so looking back now, it was essentially a sovereign disruption of a rhythm of life that we were living in in order to bring us into a beautiful rhythm of life and parenthood. And for me who had never, you know, experienced life change and, and, you know, um, parenthood in that way, it was very new for me. Um, and to be honest with you, it was a major transition. And I learned a lot about myself in that time because I learned, obviously, uh, for those of you who know, those of you who don't, I lost my mom in 2017. I learned that I associated life transition with tragedy because that was the biggest transition of life I'd ever experienced was the passing of a mom. And so what I had to learn was that, whoa, this life transition is not tragedy. This life transition is actually beautiful. And we're about to step into parenthood and it's the most beautiful thing ever. And so I would just say, go into it knowing that it's going to be different. Go into it knowing that like, you were born for this. You were born to be fruitful and multiply. You were created and designed for that. And, um, you know, like just get what you need, take the help you need and prepare the best you can. But just know you're going to have to figure out some things along the way. That's just going to come natural to you because it's in our, it's just in our, it's in our makeup. You know, we were created for it. I didn't mean to get so deep right there, but Maybe somebody needs to hear that. I don't know. Oh, no, absolutely. I think it's so good what you said about, you know, take the help you need. That seems like such a, like a simple statement, but I think it's also in us to just try and work through it all ourselves, Mm -hmm. but really, like, just really truthfully, like, accept the help that you, that you need because it's, it's the help that you are going to need and who wants to walk into a new beautiful season of life you know struggling when there are outlets and avenues where they can receive you know help so i i think definitely if you are in any season of life and and you're needing help in that in that type of way i think it's it is smart of us to seek help um in that way and not to mention it was 2020 it was so like, literally 2020. There was a lot happening and you know we were we were managing we were managing life transition in a lot of different ways. Um and so that all factored in as well. Um but yeah, I mean it it was a challenge, but here's what I'll say. The moment Lincoln got here, it all shifted. It all shifted like because the moment your child comes forth like you literally become second immediately. 
like as a as a as a as a as a couple you know um we immediately we began to build our life not for them we begin to build our life around them you know and so you kind of just when you get over yourself you kind of start to get better (laughs) no it's really true that's that no thank you for being so transparent and honest um so the next question i have for you Uh is labor and delivery (laughs) i also shared this in uh episode one of the podcast um but my labor and delivery experience was not ideal. <laughs> it was, and you, you can, you can plan, but I think that something that's really important going into labor and delivery is to plan. Yes. But to not be okay with something not going the way you plan labor and delivery is not it is not guaranteed to go the exact way that you want and I really prepared and I thought that I was ready for that experience and whether you are ready or not this child is going to be born (laughs) um so labor and delivery I went into labor at 40 weeks and four days. Lincoln was born at 40 weeks and five days. I spent 31 and a half hours in labor. What was that like for you? Well, I mean, we, you know, we chose to go the birth center route. So obviously that had its perks in the sense of kind of being in like a comfortable environment and being, you know, in a, in a pretty relaxed environment. However, it was really hard to see you navigate that process while not being able to do anything to fix it. You know, it's kind of like I tried to adapt to be for you whatever you needed me to be as that process intensified and as we got closer. Um, you know, I thought I thought things were pretty intense. Um until I asked Constance, who was our midwife at that time, like, you know, do you think he'll be here like in a couple hours? And her and some of the midwives kind of chuckled and they were like, oh, honey, you're, you have at least like 12 hours until your son is here. And then that moment I was like, Brooklyn is already going through this and we're not even like, we're, we're 12 hours away. And it was just like, for me, obviously as a, as a husband and you know, and as a father of that child, it's just like, man, my whole world is right here in this moment and beyond praying in the spirit and encouraging her and being for her, what she needs me to be, there is nothing I can do. And that was one of the hardest parts about it all was being out of control. However, it was really great to have Natasha there because, you know, she was just kind of like that motherly touch of, you know, like we're not all alone in that way. Um, but it was, it was intense. Um, which I mean, I mean, you're, you're literally giving birth to another human being. So, but it was, it was just, it was, it was wild. (laughs) (laughs) So many things, just so many things about that labor and delivery experience were just, slightly less than ideal and 
it had to just be the Lord that he could be born. And I thought to myself almost immediately, wow, I think I'll do it like this again. (laughs) Now I'll say this though. I know we're talking a lot about Lincoln's birth and Lincoln's, our experience with Lincoln, because we're talking about like stepping into parenthood Mm -hmm. and stuff, but our experience with Shepard, and I'm sure we'll talk about this like in another podcast, but our experience with Shepard, you know, when he was born was totally different. Like not even comparable, um, so I'm. I mean, I'm excited to talk about that, you know, at a future future time. But, but so don't think that we're telling like every birth is like our story because it's not. This is just like our experience, you know. Yeah, I did share in um, episode one when I was sharing, you know, my story, um, and I mean we can we can get into it a little bit. Um, we'll definitely go into detail in in another episode, but. Um, something that I shared in episode one was that with with Lincoln, I thought I knew how to prepare, but the only person telling me I was prepared was myself. I, I wasn't seeking uh, too much guidance from other people who had done what I wanted to do. Um, I was pretty much just on the internet, and after having lived that experience, I then knew firsthand for myself how I actually needed to prepare and preparing in the right way. And I said this again, I'm saying it, um, but preparing in the right way. And for me, and you can share what it was like Uh for you, but for me really spending so much of the pregnancy, asking the Lord to be a part of that process because I went into our labor and delivery with Lincoln thinking this is all physical and all I have to do is be strong physically and I can do this, Mm -hmm. but it's just, that's not the reality. It's physical, it's mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual. And we ask the Lord to be a part of so much of our lives. Why should he not be a part of your pregnancy and your labor and delivery? Mm -hmm. And I just, I personally feel like I don't hear a lot of people talk about that, but Mm -hmm. that was a really big part for me. I can actually remember (laughs) whenever I was having Shepard, I was in such a place in my like mind, in my heart with the Lord. I think at one point Christian said, are you sure you're really in labor? And yeah, I was. (laughs) And then at another part, I was like, Christian, I have this song in my heart that I just want us to sing. And it was like, it was like, it was old timey. It was like, was it a hymn or something? something It was like a hymn. We were like going, we were taking it way back. He's like, they don't have an updated version of that on YouTube. And I'm like, (laughs) find it. You got to find the song. And, and, you know, and I sang it and. Christian, he knew how to better support me Mm -hmm. after having lived, you know, the experience once before, but Mm -hmm. it was really just a night and day difference. And it's just so important in my opinion, um, to seek assistance Mm -hmm. from people who have done what you want to do that you have confidence in and that have you, somebody that has you and your baby's best interest truly at heart. Um, so what, what was what was that experience just briefly um mm-hmm. the experience with shepherd being yeah. number 2 what was that like for you well first things first i say any if you're going to when you're going into your first pregnancy 
or your you know your first you know time of, of delivery it's very important who you take your cues from it's kind of like when you're on an airplane and you hit like a big pocket of turbulence like you're okay as long as the flight attendants are chilling if they're nervous then you can probably get nervous but if they're cool and they're still serving sodas and pretzels then you can you can be easy you know what I mean it's kind of <laughs> like who you take your cues from and so I learned during the first birth like <laughs> It's like I completely disregarded the midwives. Like I felt like me and Brooklyn were there to do this, and they were just there to keep the like the facility open for us. Uh, that's kind of how it felt, you know. That's hilarious. Uh, it's it's true because like, we didn't know no better. You know yeah. what I mean? But with this with Shepherd, man, like we knew what to expect, and because I felt like we could prepare ourselves emotionally and mentally, not only. You know, emotionally, mentally, but physically. Like, I remember when Brooklyn went into labor, I was actually supposed to preach at NSB that morning. Mm-hmm. And you woke up and, you know, I was up praying. And I think it was like 4.30 or 5 in the morning. And you were like, you came in there and you were like, Christian, I I'm, I'm, think I'm going into labor. I'm having contractions. And I called James. I'm like, man, I'm so sorry to wake you up. But I can't preach for you today. Brooklyn's about to have shepherd. Um, and I think... One thing we did differently is we didn't get up and start our day. We stayed in the bed, you know? Like, I remember laying in bed, you know, for how long was it? Like, three or four hours mm-hmm. with you until Mary came over to be mm-hmm. with the boys because we just tried to wait it out as long as possible. Like, so even just taking that time, like, okay, I've had the experience with Lincoln, 31 and a half hours of labor. I know I'm going to need to get some rest. So I'm not going to get all frantic. Like, this is going to be a long process. So. I'm going to, we're going to rest. Like we're going to try to take naps, do whatever. Um, just so you go into, you go into it with experience. So, you know, I would say go rested, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally. Um, cause you, you know, it's, you're in it for the, for the long haul, you know, but be careful who you take your cues from. Um, and just be, be, you know, aware of like, you're going to need rest and, and, just know when labor starts. And obviously, I'm speaking from the perspective of us having had two birth center births. Like, this is not a hospital birth. That's a completely different experience. We're talking that we about no that we have no reference point, point for. for yeah. You know, so with a, with a birth center birth, like, your body is the, is the, is the clock. And you're there to just kind of ride it out, you know. And so, just let it happen. And I'll say with Shepard and Lincoln, like... With Lincoln, man, it was intense. With Shepard, I mean, we literally laid there and watched episodes of Duck Dynasty for hours. And then, like, two and a half, one and a half contractions, like, or what was it, one and a half pushes or whatever, he was there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, Lincoln was four and a half hours of pushing, and Shepard said, forget that. I am, <laughs> I am coming on out. If I wouldn't have told you to stop to not push, you and I would have birthed Shepard. Oh, you definitely would have had to catch him. I would have had to catch him. Like, it was one and a half pushes, and, like, he was there. The midwives were running in the door, and Shepard's head was, like, almost all the way out. Like, it was unbelievable. I know. I actually, I'm so happy I still have this. But you had made a group text with all the people closest to us, with, you know, your family, with my family, and some of our closest family and friends um, here that we live around, um, you guys, um, 
were texting back and forth even when I wasn't when I wasn't in you know in the place to and I looked back on Shepherd's first birthday I was looking back on that group chat with all the updates and you sent an update to our uh, we called it the Shepherd update uh-huh. <laughs> group chat and you said um I think it was something along the lines of okay everybody pray for Brooke she um is eight centimeters because with Lincoln it just took me absolutely so long so I did have them um I did have them check me and that you said okay Brooke she's eight centimeters you know uh, we probably have a couple more hours and nine minutes later Shepard was born yeah. well Shepard was a little pipsqueak he wasn't big like Lincoln <laughs> he, he was ready now he's huge he did not stay. No. We first we called him our little jelly bean, and then we switched it to jelly roll. Yeah, and now he's chunky love. Chunky love. So awesome. Well, is there any last thoughts that you have for everybody? Uh, no, thank you for having me on. I uh, feel like we've been on a little journey. This podcast has been funny. It's been uh, informational, and it's been um, it's been deep. I didn't mean to get all deep about that, but no, we're safe. You know, happy to be here today. No, that's what that's what we want. So if you've heard any weird noises, we're just on a little late night ride in the car together. It's your birthday today. It, it is my birthday today. We're recording on my birthday on a little late night ride. And so I apologize for any sounds that you've heard from the car or anything like that. But we just it was in our heart to do an episode together and it was in my heart for Christian to be the first guest on the podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy. I really appreciate you guys checking out episode number three. See you next time.